Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hey, greetings, one and all. I am Katie Patrick, joined by David Afiarazzo. He's warming his hands up over there because yes. he's ready. We're ready. Ready to go. We are going to drop some knowledge on <laughs> all of you. And, of course, we begin with, uh, why not, the Secretary of Defense, General Lloyd Austin, who is going on defense <laughs> after being grilled on why U.S. military bases are hosting drag queens paid for by American tax dollars what the american military is just about the drag queens now so what they're on? woke what they're awake in the military uh well defense secretary lloyd austin smirked when he was asked by congressman matt gates in a republican florida why drag queen events at military bases were happening now gates cited drag events at various military bases that did in fact happen in, uh, including one in Montana in Virginia and uh, Las Vegas and he says how much taxpayer money should go into funding drag queen story hours on, on military bases and this is what Gates was asking him you know drag queen story hours is not something that the department funds that's how he answers so the military is not funding them. How do they get scheduled, Katie, and end up on the base? Great question. Yeah. Well, let's just let, you know, the secretary answer. For Watch the video. Everything. How much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases? You know, drag, drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds. Wait a second. That's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley-Eustis, you put on a drag queen story hour on a Saturday for the first ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the Drag U Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary? Listen, uh, drag shows and, uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds. So. But wait, why, why are they happening on military bases? I just, I just showed you the evidence. I will say again, this is not something that we support or fund. You, so you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour? I stand by what I just said. But, but you may stand by it, but it's belied by the evidence over and over again. They can lie over and over and nothing to see here. They get away with it. Well, all of these, I mean, anytime you have these congressional hearings, like seven people will pay attention or know what's going on with it. Unless it's of the narrative that the media wants to really cover it and put a spotlight on it. But we have, this is happening every day. Just yeah. go up to Capitol Hill and, and you can, you know, go sit in one of these and yeah. see, what, see what happens, see what they're talking I about. Mean, there, there are but people in, that are trying. Yeah, unless there's people who want to uncover what's actually true, no one's going to pay attention to it. And some of them had the DOD, Department of Defense, on there, and that's what he was showing in that oh, hearing. Yeah. Oh, and it doesn't stop there. There's there's more to be to be had, including like a, there was an actual itinerary 
uh, schedule. Um, and you're reading, oh, here's going to be some uh, opening remarks happening. And we have some guest speakers and some performances and, you know, Ramblin' Jake and, uh, you know, through with therapy. Like, we're going to do all this stuff. And then what? what is that highlighted down on the bottom? Harpy Daniels. Harpy Daniels is going to be there. Who's Harpy Daniels? Oh, just the official drag queen of the Navy. Yeah. The Navy drag queen. You know. Official. So it's not something, according to the liars in charge, it's not something that they fund or support. Hmm. Uh, so the Navy has an official drag queen. My head is starting to split already, and we're just getting going here with, this, with oh, these yeah. stories. <laughs> so, and the thing is, <clears throat> Matt Gates is just one example of one politician who's trying to shine a little bit of light on this and yes. ask the questions and... You know, he's also, the way he puts things, just like every one of the politicians do, they make it dramatic to try and, like, make their point and kind of shine a light on it. But because this doesn't fit the narrative that the left wants, yeah, no one else is going to report on it. No one. So nothing will happen. The military will continue down the slope they are they've headed towards they're, they're at this point it's not a slippery slope they're just full-on sliding down in terms of what the military was intended to do and what the military now puts its attention on and what its new priority list is so let me just say this to bring in some perspective that i'm concerned about china for example maybe russia as well but china specifically they're building a war machine. They're building their military and they're preparing for war. America is concerned about woke policies in the military, cutting funding to the Department of the, to def, the Defense, and they're putting on drag queen story hour. You know, shows. We're, we're building, David. We're, build, okay. we're building feelings. Okay, we're building feelings. Building right. feelings, which feelings, actual weapon great devices uh feelings which one's gonna win out we'll see all right yeah stay tuned and, and one other thing this is on the media you complicit i was almost gonna say something but i can't say it um you're covering up this evil and it's gonna come back on you someday it's going to come back on you maybe your children but maybe you um, this is really disturbing because I, just, that, just the fact that that guy can look straight ahead and say this is not something that the military supports or, uh, is, or funds. It's not funded by the... So where's the money coming from? And if you, it, how do you say, well, you've even got a, drag, a Navy guy that's known as a... And if you don't support it, okay, so you're mincing words. You're lying right to someone's face. And if people aren't concerned about lies... We're in a lot of trouble as a country. We already have been, but this just takes it to another level with this insanity and this demonic movement, the drag queens, coming all around us. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. So we got to move on. Still to come, Pentagon doctors are now backing research that claims confused children as young as seven years old can make their own decisions when it comes to puberty blockers, hormone warping drugs to become transgender. This is the federal government we're talking about. That's next. Ah, 
on the note of security for this country, doctors at the Pentagon now say that kids are, yes, they are mature enough from age seven to decide if they want puberty blockers and hormone drugs. I know some seven-year-olds who can't tie their shoes yet, but <laughs> they may know if they, uh, they should go on puberty blockers and hormone drugs. Can they even say slash spell puberty blockers, hormone drugs? No. In an editorial that was led by Air Force Colonel Dr. David Klein, officials said minors have an inherent ability and right to consent. Do they now? To the interventions that are often irreversible. The piece cites a 2018 study by Dutch researchers, and it claims more than 90% of over sevens, they're calling them over seven, so people seven or older, right, uh, are mature enough to decide their gender identity and whether that they want to start transitioning medically. So, hey, might as well give those seven-year-olds some keys to the car, give them uh, their own houses, give them very sharp knives, give them all, uh, weapons, give them everything. Because, I mean, they're mature enough now, according to the Dutch. Um, the words come as the uh, United Kingdom and several European countries restrict access to hormone drugs for trans children amid fears about the lack of long-term research. So that's over in the UK and over in Europe. But here in the United States, we're going to like cling to this study as evidence that yes, we should give our seven and up year olds drugs. Um, wow. There are no federal age limits here in the US right now, but several Republican states have banned under 18s from accessing these drugs and such. And most recently, West Virginia was one of them. So here's the long and short of what the, the military doctors wrote, because there's another doctor involved in this. Um, they wrote this in the American Journal of Public Health. It was called prior, or they said that prior research has found that children can begin participating in their medical decision-making as early as age seven years with gradual increases in decision-making capacity. Okay, so at age seven, you're starting with puberty blockers, if whether or not they can have puberty blockers. How about at age seven, they can decide, I don't know, what color Band-Aid they get put on after they get a <laughs> shot, if they want, or, or are they allowed to decide which vaccines they get to? Is that, is that, Probably or does not. that come later? No. Nope. Puberty blockers right at age seven, maybe by age eight, they'll know if they're allowed to decide about vaccines. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what these doctors say. Uh, furthermore, they say that uh, military-affiliated adolescents who initiate gender-affirming Hormones continue their medication at rates similar to or higher than those of adults. And this reflects a similar understanding and tolerance of the effects of hormonal, ther hormonal therapy. Now, the study at the center of these claims that they're talking about, again, was published in the journal Pediatrics back in 2018. Now, in it, the data is from 74 trans adolescents aged 10 to 18. So 74 all right. Who's, who they're consulting. Uh, using assessments of their general judgment, the researchers determined that between 89 to 93% of the kids in that age group are capable of making these types of choices. Now, can we talk about the doctors for a minute? Because we already mentioned Dr. David Klein there on the left. Well, on the right there is Dr. Christina Roberts, uh -huh. um, also known as Dr. Timothy Roberts. What? That's Timothy Roberts there on the right, but now goes by Dr. Christina Roberts. Okay. Uh, Roberts is an adolescent medicine expert at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas. Oh. Uh, you can see Dr. Roberts is a trans woman. And 
Dr. Roberts carried out a study in 2021. It was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, and they found that transgender women retained an athletic edge in sports for the first two years after beginning hormone therapy. But afterward, uh, he found, he said that they were fairly equivalent to cisgender women. So this same Dr. Roberts, (laughs) who is saying that, hey, after age seven, kids should be able to decide if they want hormone therapy, also says that, hey, just because a man is in women's sports, it's all going to level out in in terms of equality in, you know, like men being in women's sports. That'll be okay after the first two years. So just let it be, I guess. So they admitted maybe a little athletic edge. Just a little bit at the beginning. Just just a little bit. So this this is the doctors who care about the science. The experts... Um, I like the words that uh, were used regarding this study and their conclusions. Mm, Using assessments of their general judgment. Yes. Isn't that? Yep. Well, we're just going to put some words together and then they make it as wishy-washy as we possibly can. That's what we're going to do here. The experts determined based on assessments of their general judgment. Um. I don't know, Katie. I, this uh, well, yeah. This is nothing new. This is this no. is well, it is. It's new, but it's escalating it isn't, it isn't. quite quickly. Uh, what we have going on because look even at that. within the story, you take a look at this stuff wasn't happening as rampantly as it is now. Even just five years ago, six years ago, right? Yes, there have been children who have gender dysphoria between the ages of six to seventeen years old. But look at how much it has skyrocketed in the past two years from 2021 and now today. I mean, it just is insane. And then at the same time, interestingly enough, as the number of gender dysphoria kids increases, guess what else also is increasing? The number of puberty blocker oh, claims going to What a insurance. coincidence. Wow, what a coincidence. That's... <laughs> 120%... Again, I go back to this. Increase. I go back to this. If my parents, and my parents, I love my parents dearly, they never would have done this. But if my parents would have been following today's science, uh, they would have been like, oh my gosh, Katie's a tomboy. Clearly, give her puberty blockers. (laughs) Yes, I like playing sports and doing things with my brothers, my older brothers, rather than, you know, hanging out with the girls and playing with dolls. Apparently, my parents didn't love me because they should have put me on puberty blockers. Clearly, I was meant to be a boy. This, you Except know, what, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if you think about it, go back 50 years, how many people had these issues, had this confusion that they didn't grow out of? Because they say, doesn't general uh, research and studies show that if you do nothing to the kids and if they have any kind of confusion early on, what is it, ni- some, something like 90% of them will grow out of it and just be whoever they were born as and whoever they're meant to be. But I think about that, the fact that these children today are programmed, but, 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 so are the parents. Affirming. Here's what they're doing. You made an excellent point. Your parents never would have said, hmm, she wants to play baseball and wear wear a ball cap. Let's let's inject her with something or let's change something about her, you know, her biology. No, you don't. Parents never did that. The fact that so many are going along with this delusion today and they're going along with this to affirm, to go ahead and help these kids go down this dangerous, destructive path that'll affect them 
for the rest of their lives? That's something really demonic because parents have been, in a way, programmed themselves. And the media, Hollywood, Democrats, leftists, um, corporations, myself, big, big I pharma. Myself, I what? repeat myself. I repeat myself. I repeat myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, we have a Minnesota elementary school doing their part to screw up the next generation by hosting a gender resource fair for kids to explore whether they're non-binary, transgender, or just plain old normal. Stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. The good old resource fairs that we used to go to in school in the gymnasium or, you know, wherever, maybe the cafeteria, they were set up. I remember like science fair. resource yeah, like all science that. fairs. We'd go to these resource fairs. They're, they're not good enough. They are not good enough for today's kids. No. Now our children must go to the gender resource fairs specifically. What? The Minnesota or Minneapolis specifically, public schools, Minneapolis public schools, they're going to put out uh, an event coming up here in April. For transgender and non-binary children at Loring Elementary School. Oh. Not even Loring High School. Lord, no, it's Loring us. Elementary School because oh we need goodness. to get those kids young. Um, it's going to feature local gender non-conforming resources, a bounce house, <laughs> games, and dinner, according to the St. Paul Public Schools website. Now, the elementary school event includes a drag story hour as for all children. of these events must have a drag story hour for the children's what, what the is children's. drag again drag again for children for elementary children. level that means men are dressing up as women often provocatively and gyrating sexually and they're doing it for children just want to remind you what what drag queen story hour at this for point children. though i don't even think we can say it's not men dressing up as women it's men dressing up as clown women yeah like, let's, well, clowns. let's be more specific Send not all women are women not all drag queens are queens. No, I don't know how that works. Uh, so they are they are not just average woman because they would just be in jeans and a sweater. But no, no, they're provocatively dressed, as you say. It's an it's they are culturally appropriating my gender is what they are doing. So the uh, again, elementary school event, gender resource fair is what we're talking about. Of course, it will be promoted by the local teachers union as the flyer states. We are hosting a gathering for families and their gender creative young ones. Kind of like an art fair, kind of like, oh, hey, come on for your young right. creative young ones. But this is for gender creative. So what's on display at these gender whatever fairs. Oh, everything. There's going to be community resources. There's going to be entertainment. There's going to be food. There's going to be games. There's going to be of course. more. Um, Dr. Angela Cade Gepford, the medical director of Children's Minnesota Gender Health Program, of course, using um, the pronouns they and them. Oh, yeah. Will be the guest speaker. You can see her up at the top there okay. in her bow tie. Uh, so according to the hospital itself, they said the Children's Minnesota Gender Health Program serves as a resource for transgender minors and their families while providing compassionate and comprehensive care 
for the gender diverse youth. You see how the words that they like to twist? Um, this is for our gender creative young ones. This is a uh, gender diverse youth. No, it's none of those things. We have boys, we have girls, and we have all those people who are confused. There's yeah. boys and girls. <laughs> That's a good, the third category, those that are confused. Yeah, and yet you still are going to ultimately fall into one of the other two categories. So. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> yeah. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. This same school district area, and specifically this elementary school, Loring Elementary School in Minneapolis, um, for the 2021-2022 school year, so last school year, had 42% of their students being proficient in math and 42% of them meeting grade level expectations for reading. And this is according to the US News World Report. Okay, so not even half of your kids can do math or read properly, but hey, we're gonna take time for a gender resource fair yeah. to happen. Sure. How about a literacy resource fair, scholastic books resource fair, any sort of a fair that would actually provide them useful information? How about a math fair? No? Just gender resource fair? That's all yeah. we're offering these kids? Yes. Yep. That's it. All right, we'll still come. How much do you spend on your kids every year? Hmm? Well, one mother of three was completely shocked when she broke down the numbers for her family. And uh, we're going to have some fun with this. <laughs> if you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, guys, this is a, 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 an interesting and somewhat confusing story. But anyway, this mother of three was left, <gasps> gasp, horrified after learning she spends $50,000 a year on her children. So do you know how much your kids are costing you? So um, her name is Dana Carone from South Carolina. She went to TikTok, of course, to share a cost breakdown. She's 33 years old, works as a registered nurse, and said that it was sickening. Um, but anyway, let's watch this quick video, and we'll come back and we'll talk about it. I just totaled up how much my children cost me per year, and the number is going to shock you because it shocked me. Drum roll, please. Extracurriculars. My children are nine, six, and three, by the way, for context. So they're still on the young side. I'm sure this number is going to go up. Um, extracurriculars, I spend $18,000 on a year. That's dance, tumbling, and soccer for my son. My two older girls go to public school, but uh, my son goes to preschool. And that is $600 a month, which is about 10 months, so $6,000. Part-time. Christmas and birthdays. I didn't do all the other holidays and I do give them little things throughout the holidays. So again, this number is probably lowballed, but I approximated that I spent about 1500 to 1800 a year on their Christmas gifts and for their birthdays, $500 per kid. Clothes, uniforms, shoes. I don't know, I'm guesstimating, but I'm going to say at least $3,000 a year. I would assume I spend at least $1,000 on each kid. 
I'm probably lowballing that one. Food. This one's hard because I've been shopping for all of us for so long that I kind of don't even know. And inflation really has driven prices up. But I am going to guess that the three kids cost me about $1,200 extra per month in food because I think my husband and I would be able to get by on much, much smaller grocery shopping trips. So that brings us to $14,400 a year. Then I get a $3,000 a year for extra that I'm forgetting about. Obviously, we need a bigger car for the children. We obviously spend extra on vacation. So uh, I'm just throwing that $3,000 in as extra. Ready? $47,475 a year for three kids. No. Just no. And yeah. no. Okay. Oh, yeah. Controversial topic here. For, yes, yes, yes. For Katie, me, mother of three. No, mother of two. Like hmm. I said. Mother of three with a husband. Let's two. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say she isn't she didn't put this video out to be like woe is me so i'm not yeah. gonna harp on her she's just giving like what it is but the truth is like you do not need to spend that much money no like, money money on your children you can cut or your, your, your almost family. every area yeah what the amount of money that she said her and her husband john have a combined income between 175,000 to 200,000 dollars depending on how many hours she works or as her shifts vary like you said she was a nurse okay wow a lot of us can't so relate to that. So let's put it in the context. I'm like, I'm nowhere near that. Our family income is nowhere near that. Uh, parents, and this is, okay, she's on TikTok. Now, what's going to happen is so many mothers, because we have mom guilt and comparison issues, oh they're going to look at that and be like, oh, I clearly don't love my family enough. I need to spend more on them. If she's spending that much, I need to spend more. D ignore all of it. You do not yes. need to spend that much money on children. Uh, this may be controversial. I'm going to put it out there because I don't care. Uh, my daughter just had a birthday. Guess how many dollars I spent on her? 50. How much does a box of Jello cost? Because we, she can't have cake allergies, so we made her Jello. Jello's a 50 cents, a dollar. Wow. So I spent a dollar for my child. Under Guess 50. what? She's two. She will not remember it. No, she, she won't. She has plenty. We spent the day together. We hung out. We had fun and laughs. She doesn't care about gifts. Too many people in this country are focused so much on spending money Jeez. on things that do not matter at all. Thank you. I'm going to get off my high horse. If no, anyone would that, like me to break down what we make, I'll gladly do that it. Was, that that is was just, it, it, it's silly. At this point, it's just sad, silly, and you wonder why so many parents, people, everyone in this country are depressed because they're just comparing themselves yep. to people like Dana here who are spending $500 per child for birthday and she's upset about it yeah 1500 to 1800 a year on christmas gifts and you're thinking wow what what a what a generation really and we've we've encouraged this obviously with the commercialism and we'll get into that obviously um but there, there's so many problems with this and everybody should try to have a budget to try to keep things manageable but obviously i mean they're, because their income, to, to some of us, their income is higher, a little higher. They are spending up to that income, right? Isn't, isn't that normal for a lot of people, It's normal for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and that is, she even kind of basically admits it. She doesn't, oh, I'll just add 3000 here because I'm probably missing something. And she says, <laughs> obviously, we have to do this. And obviously, no, obviously, you don't have to do any of that, Dana. Like, you can, you can, now that you saw what you spent, maybe this is a good wake-up call for you that you won't spend that much. And yeah, if you have the means, go for it. But if you are one of those parents or just people and you don't have kids and you're just oh. thinking you have to spend all this money to keep up with the Joneses is what we used to say, you don't have to do it. You do not have to do it. Just don't do it. By the way, um, 
quickly, if you go to the list of places and, and how much it costs to raise kids in different places in the country, if, if I'm remembering right, if I'm good at my math, I think the first 11 or 12 states are all blue states, Democrat government, uh, you know, run by. It's just really interesting. They're the most expensive places. It all to plays raise kids. into it. Yep. Well, yep. And because their taxes are so oh, high minute, and everything else, so it's 15, the, the most expensive. 15. I mean, they. It's going to cost you more in these, what we call blue states, yep. where yep. the political leadership is all of the Democrat side. Whereas, no connection, you know, though. That's just a coincidence. No coincidence. Complete coincidence. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Make sure you're hitting that like button if you're watching us right now on social media. And hey, please do send us your feedback. And if you want me to do anything involving economics and budgeting and all that fun stuff, oh, do I love to talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.